Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And uh, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. We've so, we're so glad that you're joining us. Please make sure that you go and click follow. And if you like what we have to say, give us a five-star review. And if you don't, just message us. Let us know what, what you'd like to see or hear different. Doesn't mean we'll listen, but we're always open to critical feedback. Um, because that's really the point of our podcast, right? Is we love diversity of thoughts, ideas, and opinions. All of that's welcome, hats or not. That's our rule. So if you have some constructive criticism, we're always open to it. But the reality is we're three friends that do not live in the same area. We record through Zoom, but we do this because we know the information that we are finding, that we're having to take the time to dig and find because, frankly, the institutions, the agencies, and the people we once trusted to deliver us the truth, we now know don't. Not always. And so today we have someone that knows exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Lauren Johnson, you may know her as Natural Nurse Mama on Instagram. We will give you, we will make sure you know how to follow her and go check out her new podcast. But I think Amy or Kristen, one of you guys uh, discovered her because like Kristen, she had a nursing background. She was trained, I think you're a nurse practitioner actually, right, Lauren? Yes, nurse practitioner. And so you had this medical training education experience and then realized you needed to unlearn so much of what you learned to live in optimal health and to help your patients do the same. And I know on our podcast, we've talked a lot about COVID because it's been urgent. We've talked Mm -hmm. a lot about vaccines because it's been urgent. We've talked a lot about childhood vaccines because we know most parents don't know. Informed consent does not exist in the American medical system. So we want to bring that to the table. But today we're going to talk about, we don't even know all the things we're going to talk about yet. We're going to talk about American health, specifically things that you have recognized were not true, that maybe most of us still believe, then what you found was true. I know Kristen's going to be chiming in. She'll be chirping like a cricket. And this <laughs> cricket is not the right one. Chirping like something, like a bird in the background. Uh, try, you know, because this is going to resonate with her so much. And we just want to invite everybody into this conversation and to just learn. Now, listen, sometimes when you're learning this kind of information that challenges your current lifestyle or challenges your current belief, you might have some cognitive dissonance. We talk about cognitive dissonance a lot because we've watched people have a really hard time acknowledging truth, even when it stares them in the face, because the brain doesn't want to accept it, usually because of fear. And so often when we talk about health, 
fears associated with it because people don't want to be sick and they don't want to become gravely ill. We're going to challenge you to lay the fear down today because no matter what we share, the intent is not to scare you, it's to empower you with knowledge and information to live in optimal health. And if you hear things that require you to make changes, please know all of us will testify. We've had to make incremental changes. None of us overhauled everything in 24 hours. We learned, we grew, and we found that by making incremental changes, we could actually see big changes in our life. So with that huge long introduction and that caveat, <laughs> that preparation for the conversation, Lauren, thank you for being on. We would love to hear your life's journey that got you to a place that you started to realize something needed to change. Okay. So my name is Lauren. I have been a nurse for, uh, let's see, 12 years. Um, I have been a nurse practitioner for almost, say, I think it was about seven years. Um, and so I was very conventional. I worked at a children's hospital, a level one trauma center. I worked pediatric ICU, pediatric ER, um, and saw a lot there. Um, and I had, when I became a mom, I was a year into being a nurse practitioner. I was working in urgent care as a nurse practitioner, very conventional area. Um, and I was pretty healthy. Um, you'll find that I'll talk about birth control a lot. I had been on birth control for years since I was 15. And that um, is kind of what like started my health journey, I believe is really what contributed to a lot of my health issues that came crashing down um, really in between my two pregnancies, um, but really came to a full halt at, um, right after I got done nursing my second child. Um, and I was on, I was 31, I believe. And I was on seven medications. Um, and I was, I was going to, to the specialist. I was doing all the things I was not just, you know, like I can, I'm a nurse practitioner. I can fix myself. Like, no, mm -hmm. I was, I was really doing, seeing the specialist and doing the things I was supposed to do. And they were just telling me to take more medications, um, to get on allergy shots, to do all these other things. And, and I was like, why, like, what, why, like, why can't I fix it? Like I'm pretty healthy. And so that's really what woke me up is like, Hey, I'm 30, I'm 31. Like I have a lot of life left to live. Like I'm on seven medications. And so when that started, I just initially just like really just started peeling back the layers of, okay, what can I do to get off this medicine? And what can I do to get off of this? And then, um, and then eventually it, it, it started going from subject to subject to subject and each new subject, I would be like, oh my goodness. Like when I finally would look at the information on fluoride or birth control, um, or vaccines, um, or any of it, it would, it, it, it just was a one thing after another. Um, and then COVID really, um, <laughs> really woke a lot of, like woke me up, woke a lot of people up. Um, and that has really kind of propelled this whole thing of, okay, we're really going to get to the bottom of this and we're going to understand what we're doing um, with the American healthcare system. And we're going to try to just challenge that um, and just educate on, Hey, this is what, these are other options that you have. Um, and so, yeah, my health is completely different now. I am off. I'm, I've been off all medications for years now. Um, and I have figured out a lot of my root causes. Um, I talk a lot about root cause medicine. Um, I, I, I do, I, I don't see patients anymore. Technically. Um, I, I went to more of a holistic pediatrician's office, see, saw patients there for a little bit. Now I'm mostly at home, but doing a lot of education and, um, and yeah, I, I would say that that's my, that's my, my joy and I love is to educate and to help empower other women, other, other men to 
know the things I didn't know. Right. Well, obviously people are craving what you're sharing. It's your gift too. It's not just your joy. Yes. (laughs) You are sharing things in a way that people can understand. And, um, to go from, I don't know, wherever you zero to over 200,000 followers now, (laughs) it was 10,000 of July of last year. Um, just so we're clear, Uh, (laughs) people are hungry for this Mm -hmm. information. There are people out there that want to know alternatives and they realize that there's a problem mm-hmm. with conventional medicine. So you're yes. doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I saw a lot of the issues when I was working in urgent care and I've actually worked the front lines of COVID. So I was one of those nurse practitioners in the drive-through lines and all the gear testing. And at this point I was already questioning everything, but I was just doing it for a paycheck because I was PRN which means as needed. And mm-hmm. so like, I was already questioning everything, but I didn't have the space to like be able to quit and just be done with it. Um, and it is like COVID has really propelled um, just all of it. I I've saw it in the office I worked at where our patient numbers would just ex- I mean, just increased by a lot just because people want a different system. They want something else. They want to just have a say. They want to be heard. And a lot of the traditional medical offices, you get like 10 minutes and that's it. And you don't really get heard. And and so it really does impact care. Well, and it's a business. It's a business. Mm -hmm. And so here's the first probably point that I think we should make is you know, we, we grow up and the, the doctors and the nurses, they are the experts on our personal health. That's kind of the way the system is set up. So we defer our own intuitions at times. We defer our own autonomy to the experts. The problem is the experts, and this is no sh- shade towards a doctor or a nurse or a nurse practitioner or a physician's associate or anything like that, but it is a for-profit business. When you have a for-profit business, they need to make profit. They need to make money. And you can't always trust that the people making money, and a lot of times it's way beyond just your local doctor. It's, it's a system that is designed to only make money because you're sick. They don't make money off of well people. And while that sounds like, oh, Holly, what are you saying? Like the, that, these, that the system's trying to keep you sick so that they can make money. Well, they don't have money if you're not sick. So I'm not saying anything. I'm just making the point that there are new practices that we all want to find. We get asked every week, Lauren, who do you know that is a holistic doctor or, um, you know, uh, medicine or functional medicine, integrative functional medicine. I mean, we get asked all the time and we do want to point people to those people because these are the people that we, the, the ones that we know personally are practicing medicine out of exactly what you said, Lauren, passion, purpose, and to help. And yes, they need to get paid and they need to make money. Nobody's, listen, we're entrepreneurs. We believe that capitalism can be a good thing, but you have to be careful that you don't get caught in the trap of the money trail that happens at your expense. So will you help people understand how do you find a holistic doctor, like the practice that you were in that gave people more time? That, um, that allowed people to be more in charge of their health and didn't just, like if a patient said, well, doctor, I don't think that's the right choice for me. They weren't demonizing them. Like, tell us, how do we break into that world, Lauren? I don't have any secrets. Um, and I will tell you, I and that's why I can't necessarily give exact recommendations on Instagram because not every provider, even like me, I don't have any holistic certifications necessarily. I mean, I have, I have a few things, but like, it is not that I'm not looking at one type of provider as the solution for your health issues. 
I'm looking for their attitude and their approach and how they keep digging and where they look at things. Right. Um, sometimes the tools that they use. And so it could be a chiropractor. It could be a naturopath. Um, but it may not be because there are some, not every chiropractor is made equal and not every naturopath is made equal. Um, and then there could be an MD. There's some really good MDs that are really questioning things. Um, mm -hmm. But they, but it, and then there are some that are kind of questioning, but not really. And they are kind of still scared to talk about it. Yeah. They're scared to talk about it. And so you, I, I, what I tell people is to go by personal re recommendations. So get on a local um, holistic mom or crunchy mom or crunchy woman or whatever, holistic <laughs> Facebook, I, Facebook group is really the best way to do it um, because it is, you are able to kind of see the people in your area and, and, and there, that is something that Facebook can be good for. Um, and even though there's not as much, um, but so that <laughs> is something that I do find is like, if you ask on the group. Yeah. where they could go. And then you call and ask, say, Hey, how do you all approach this? Like, what would you all do for this? Right. Um, you really ask questions of them. The first step, and you kind of started on it. The first step is acknowledging that like you are the one who controls your health and yeah. you are the one who decides what goes in your body on your body. And, and, and then knowing that like you have that power, like you are strong, you are capable, you are able to make decisions for your health. We have outsourced our health for so long. I did. I did. Um, and I didn't know I was doing it. Um, and so we, cause we were told, we're told that you have to do this. Like, these are the things that you have to do for health. And like, you, like what you wouldn't do that. Like, you're, and then they make you feel kind of silly or stupid for not doing certain things. And so it's one of those things that like, I just think the first, it has to come from the first thing you believe you are able to take care of your body and that you are able to make the right decisions for your body and for your child. That right. you are a good, that you are a good parent. You are able to make the decisions for your child. Um, and that is something that I think that the, the current conventional pediatrician system really just takes away from, um, a lot of parents is they make them feel, they doubt themselves they make them feel like they're making the wrong decision. And then they, they, they just give in and they just do whatever they're told to do without even knowing or asking questions. And so, um, if that's one thing I can tell people to do, know that you are strong, you are capable, you are able to make the right decisions for yourself and your child. When I think that's really important because think about like, I, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking about like when you're in school and you have the question, but you're afraid to raise your hand, you're afraid to ask, you know what I mean? And so it takes courage to ask a question, to go with your gut. And especially as a mom, like I, I feel like I became so much more aware and like really fighting for and digging for more information when I became a mom, because then I'm not just making decisions for myself. I'm making a decision for this life that I just grew in my, in, in, inside of me, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm responsible for this little human being and everything changes. And I think doctors, if they can just realize, I loved it in the ER. Now, look, you also kind of hate it when a patient asks you a question, you're like, oh God, like you said, that's a good question. I've never really thought they don't have time, right? Because you don't have time to, to really answer it or to look into it, right? Right. But I loved it when they do because it's good when a patient says, what is that? How much are you giving me? Why are you giving oh, that to me? What yeah. are the side effects? And I'm like, and so I love that because then I, that actually made me start going in to the patients and say, this is what we're giving you. This is how much this, I mean, I went ahead and just told them everything, you know, right. so that they already knew. And I love it when people ask, but doctors need to realize that it takes courage and parents, it does take courage, but you need to ask because it is so important, but you also need to be armed for it. And it's also not fair when they start bullying you because then you do, then you crawl back into your shell. You're like, okay, you know, because you're the expert. I only know a little bit or I'm going by my gut. So I love that you, and I'll, I do want to point people to 
like you have so much information, like great highlights. And I, I want us to yes. dig into a few of these things. And then on your like link in your bio with like your blogs and stuff, because it, just like with us, when we give y'all all the resources from our podcast, we want y'all to be empowered. We want you to have the studies. We want you to be able to and show it to your doctor. We want you not to know for you, but to share it with them. So it's just so important. And I love when you said when you're going in, I, I swear I'll let you talk, but I just wanted to pull this out too, because point this out. I loved when you said when we were looking for a doctor, like on your first, on your podcast, you're like, you can tell who cares and who doesn't because it's the doctors that go that extra mile that actually do the research or that actually try to answer your question or say, you know what? I don't know that I'll get back to you. And then they actually do, you know? So, and when they're actually like making critical, using their critical thinking skills. So I do appreciate you saying that because it is true. You can yeah. tell who cares. Yeah. And I don't think I all, I mean, there is a place for conventional medicine. Like there is still trauma. Mm -hmm. There are still things. Right. And I will say, I don't hold it against every single doctor or, or, or nurse practitioner or, or conventional provider that I meet or that I talk to because they were taught this and they just haven't, they haven't, they, they don't want to believe that they're doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to believe that they've done something really wrong and they've hurt their patients. Um, and so I don't really, it's not, they were taught this by a system that was founded on a, a, a company that was for profit that was you know, they made pharmaceuticals for, um, made from petroleum byproducts and that, but that went into the Abraham Flexner report. And then that caused, um, basically the homeopathic system got shut down. Any yep. provider wasn't the conventional provider totally just got, I mean, they're told they're called quacks and they still are. Um, they're called, it's called quackery. Um, and, um, and then from that, like, that's where all the schools were taught. They said, we'll give you this much money if you will teach this certain right, way for right. these medications. Um, and that has just led to this in, indoctrination of, um, of our, of our doctors. And if mm -hmm. we could just go back to where Hippocrates said, like, let food be thy medicine. Isn't that who said that? Like, yeah. and, like, let food be thy medicine or, or, or all disease starts in the gut. They were saying that a long time or ago. First right. Do no harm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just at least start with a premise okay. of where we were, and then we can we can build on a system from there. Right. Um, but where we are now, it's a system that was just it's all bought and paid for by by people by companies that are for massively making money off of our illness. Well, and I think it's important to point out that you were a you were in the pediatric ICU, and you did. To, I love I, I do think it's important for people to hear like where you were like with the flu vaccine and like how you were big time promoting that, you know, cause you saw how devastating it can be, you know, yeah. you saw these things, but then there's also other factors that are involved. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that like the flu is like, I was, I even like, even just maybe four or five years ago, I, I was like, you got to get your flu shot because I had children that were on ECMO um, with the flu. But you have to understand that it's not, it's it's the level of toxicity that all of these vaccines and all the chemicals and the things in our water and all the things that could together. It's never just one thing. It's mm -hmm. never just one thing. And so all of that combined, it makes us not able to fight off illness as well. It increases our likelihood of for asthma. It's our environment that we're living in. And, and, and that is going to, of course, uh, children with asthma have a lot higher uh, likelihood of comorbid, of severe complications with the flu. And so 
you kind of have to look at it like, like that, but then you have to say, okay, risk versus benefit. What is in the flu vaccine? And that's something that is never done. No parents aren't given a package insert. And even if you are given a package insert, it's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's hard to tell, you know, like what actually matters and what the ingredients mean. Um, and so that's something that we, I really aim to start, um, you know, educating on. I did not know these things. I did not question these things when I became a mom. I honestly, I look back and I still feel that sense of, I wish I would have just asked why. Oh, I, um, I tell patients all the time or people all the time, like, just ask why, just say why. Just, I mean, just start from there and then, and then go from there. Um, just say why. Well, and, and then they have to tell you, um, you know, and I think that's just a really important thing to, to consider, but we really have to look at the ingredients of these things. Yep. That's right. And I think that's one thing that that's so important is to ask why so that someone has to walk you through and explain it. And if they're offended by the question, that's your signal, your signal, mm -hmm. perhaps you need to look somewhere else where someone's willing to take the time to explain. And let's also say, I want to go back to exactly what you said, Lauren, which is, I think so many doctors and nurses have no idea what they're in. I, I, I think it's because the system has been this way for so long from their academic experience all the way through to then they get their jobs. And, you know, one of the first episodes we did in our first year as, as a podcast or our first few months, we interviewed Dr. John Murphy out of Arizona, who was an MD for years, had the same experience as you, woke up, transitioned to, you know, more of the functional medicine provider. And he, I asked him, I said, where are you guys educated? When, how are you educated on vaccines? And he said, by the pharmaceutical company. Mm. said it's not something that's traditionally taught much in medical school only that public health says do it but yeah. not why how what's in it he no. said he said if like, oh, save lives don't question it, lives, don't question. it. okay and, and and we as the patients are thinking oh they've gone to medical school they've been told how the vaccine works what's in it um, how, well, the testing that it has to go through or that it hasn't gone through. It, you can go right now to the average physician, sit in their office. I guarantee you ask them 12 questions. We we actually gave you all these questions a few episodes back with um, another guest, it was Nurse Michelle. But you could ask those questions and I am shocked at the number of physicians that cannot answer very simple things about uh, the about a vaccine. And so that's why if you're blindly trusting them to be the expert, please stop doing that to them, okay? Yeah. Because, because they actually don't have time to know everything. The, where Dr. Cami Benton is a friend of the podcast and she told us a long time ago, she said, my job, I wanna never see you again. I, I wanna be setting you up for good habits and health that I rarely ever have to see you. I don't want you coming back because mm -hmm. that means that we're making good choices and you're living a healthy life. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, again, like you, had the wake up moment, chased down, literally went to the head of the flu vaccine program in Washington, D.C., chased her down to say, hey, can you send me the science on the evidence of why this should be mandatory? She said, there is no evidence. She said, well, I'm sorry, there, there's, no, there's no evidence. And she said to her, I'm in the military. I just do what I'm told. That's so, so here's mm -hmm. what we have to just remember, everyone. You have to just think. <laughs> ask the questions yourself and look into it. Don't be shamed by people who call you a Google patient. I wish more doctors would Google, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I'm serious. Because it's crazy. 
You could find stuff that's really interesting. I, yeah. I had one, I was being treated for stomach issues. I, did we all have stomach issues? What, what, what in the world's happened, right? Stomach issues years ago, they gave me some antibiotics. It caused thrush. I put uh, coconut oil in my mouth and I held it for five minutes, multiple times a day. And the thrush went away within 24 to 48 hours. And my doctor, when I went to her, she said, well, the, it doesn't even hardly look like you've had thrush. I said, well, I've been doing coconut oil. And she goes, what are you talking about? I said, I Googled home remedies for thrush and it worked. <laughs> and she pulled her pad out and she starts writing it down. Dr. Well, Hart, you it, she yes. you know? But this is again, what I'm saying, like, can you, you got to partner with your doctor and mm -hmm. your doctor should want to partner with you in your health and healing. Period. And if they don't, you need to find a new provider. I have worked with all populations, with Medicaid, with Medicare, with private insurance, with uninsured. Um, and, and I will tell you, there is always a way for you to switch, switch a provider. Um, even with some of the, the hardest to work with Medicaid um, uh, systems, you can still switch your provider. Um, and so, and a lot of times you have to think outside the box with some of that, um, really just kind of, and then, and then, Honestly, do your own research and and call the providers, ask the questions and find one that's willing to at least entertain your questions. If they are making you feel like it's small or um or stupid for asking these questions, they are not the provider for you. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. Okay, will you tell us Lauren uh, because I I know that people are going to relate to your story. What was one of you know, you mentioned your own birth control, for example. Um and you were put on it at 15. Do you mind me asking? I mean, you don't have to say but like, were you put on it to prevent birth or were you having some reproductive issues at the time? Mm -hmm. So I was having a period every two weeks. Yeah. Um, and that's this is not, huh? That's usually why a lot of people have been on it for so long. That's why I wanted to ask. So mm -hmm. that is, it is not a solution for period issues. It actually shuts down the system. Um, and it makes you so that you don't ovulate and, and some of them do. And so like you, you are shutting off communication between your ovaries and your brain and it's causing this, like this disconnect. And then as well, it's causing nutrient depletion and, and a lot in, in, in women. And that causes, can cause anxiety. The risk for depression, anxiety increases by like 50% with the birth control. I don't know the exact statistic, but it is high. Um, the nutrient depletion is a big factor that we need to consider, but not only that, we have to look at the risk for clots, the risk for cancer, and we just leave women on birth control for years. Mm -hmm. It's what we say for any type of endometriosis for ovarian cysts. We just need to shut down the system. That's, that's what we say. We just need to shut down the system instead of looking for why the body is creating a cyst. Why is the body, right. why does the body have tissue and other parts of the body with endometriosis? Like what, what is causing that? Um, instead of just shutting down the system and it's because it takes time, it takes effort and it's not a pharmaceutical answer. And right. that is why you don't always see those questions being asked. Well, A, it's time in the office, but B, like they just, they don't have a pharmaceutical answer. If the answer is not a pharmaceutical or surgery, it's not often come up with, came up with from conventional medicine. I mean, like that's one of the things that like, I have so many women that come to me and like, my doctor wants me to get a hysterectomy for this little like minor thing. And I'm like, my goodness, like we're just recommending to take organs out for the most <laughs> minor things. And hysterectomy, it's not like it's a benign thing. It changes your ability to, to act to, as a woman. It changes your function completely to not have these organs. And I'm not saying that like, you should worry about this if you've already had a hysterectomy, but I am saying it should not be taken lightly. There right. are some times where it is necessary, 
but we shouldn't just say, oh, let's just, let's just take it out. Right. Um, and so, and that, that's the, that's the thing with, with conventional medicine. They either give you a medicine or they say, let's take it out or let's do surgery. Right. Um, and so birth control is one of those things that I will continue to talk about a lot because we just, we give it to, for so many different things and it just shuts down the system. It changes the way our brain thinks. It changes the way we are, are uh, the way we view men. Um, so it changes the partner that you, um, that, that, and that's what a lot of research has found is that it will change who you are attracted to. Mm. Um, it's, it's fascinating. And it so it, no, it is. I mean, it, it, but these are the things that Lauren, like all the things you're saying, no one ever talks about. They talk about it like it's a routine, like, well, you're having issues. Let's just remove it. Same with like gallbladder, for example, right? You're having some issues. Let's take your gallbladder. Well, the gallbladder had a, had a, had a, had a purpose there that I think now they see a huge rise in say cholesterol levels after removing that, right? And so there's, it's not without consequence, I think is really what you're saying. And I want everyone to know, you can go Google right now, go, go look up rise in infertility rates. And all of the articles will say, what is up with the alarming rise in infertility? Do you guys know that 15% of couples are unable to conceive a child after one year of trying unprotected sex? 15%, that is dramatically higher than levels just 20, 30 years ago. And they expect them to rise even more. And now you bring the COVID vaccine into it. And we know where that vaccine now, we're talking about spike protein sitting in ovaries and, and in the scrotum. And again, that's not going to help anything. But I do question if the rise in contraceptives, oral contraceptives and, and all, the, all the things they give women now is not contributing to that as well, right? Something oh, it is. The convenience. Well, it, it causes, there's a, the post pill PCOS. Um, and so that's something that really factors into fertility as well. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I, there's just not, but there's not just one mechanism for what ca is causing the infertility. I definitely think it's post pill PCOS. And it's also that we're shutting down the system and the system has been asleep for, but I was on it for 12 years. And so like, the, and thankfully I see, I didn't have any issues getting pregnant, but my, what happened to me, this is hard to understand. What happened to me may not happen to you who was on it for 12 years. Maybe you were on it for 12 years too. It's going to be something different. Mm -hmm. um, if we have different genes. We have different toxin exposures. We have different things that are going to make us have a different expression of what birth control pill did. And so um, while one woman may have trouble getting pregnant, another may have terrible gut issues. That was me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that I, that was really, I had acid reflux. I was re resistant. My scope was negative. I was on multiple meds for that. I had horrible allergies. It was all stemming from birth control for 12 years. And that I was told by a pediatric gynecologist, well, this is the only thing you can do. Um, instead of saying, oh, well, let's maybe see why you're having a period every two weeks. Maybe let's look at your hormone levels. They never even did blood work. They never what? even did no. What? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Sorry. It still shocks me. Oh, and even, I can so see that. even in a conventional OBGYN's office, if you go in and you're have you've been trying to get pregnant for three months, they won't draw blood work unless I think you've been trying for six months. Some some will, some will, some will. I think I had request it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then if they do, they may not check it at the right time. Okay. Lauren, is this because of insurance a lot of times? Like, is this a thing that or is it just doctors aren't doing it? It's just, they they don't just want don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how like insurance companies, you know, they're like, we won't pay the insurance, by the way, also controls a lot of doctors, right? Cause they won't, yes. they won't, uh, they won't permit the doctor to do something that they will pay for. So I didn't know if it was just doctors not caring to do it. 
because the system tells them not to do it or if it's the insurance saying no we won't pay for it well it's a, it's, a, it's a, so it's a couple of things insurance will pay for it they okay. will pay for it you i mean it is that is not a hard thing to get it covered. Okay. But the issue is they don't think it's necessary. OBGYNs don't think it's necessary because it, or does it tell them anything? Because they check, they check these levels at all different times of the cycle and they just think, oh, hormones fluctuate. Hormones right. fluctuate. So we, there's not a good way to get a level so that we can't, so we can tell, like do anything with it. But really get your blood work checked on at the luteal peak. If you want to, if you want to know, you want to get your blood work checked at the luteal peak. That's day 19 through 21 of your cycle. Um, if I have a woman that is not menstruating at all, I will do a random check. Um, and I want to see, I typically want to see estrogen around a hundred. Now this is blood work. So there's Dutch, right. the Dutch test is better, I would say. But if you're just like, I got to go to my conventional OBGYN. I just want to get her to check my blood work. This is a good place to get started. You don't have a holistic provider. You don't have an ability to pay, to pay for a Dutch test. This might be a good place to get started. I like to see estrogen around hundred. I like to see progesterone around 10 to 20. I want to see testosterone around 30 or less, um, but not super low. You need testosterone for the, for libido. Um, you need it for brain, uh, for clarity, for energy. Um, but the reason that a lot of women don't get pregnant, it's because of low progesterone. And so there's the post pill, low progesterone, but it's also because of estrogen dominance because of all the chemicals we are exposed to. Right. And so all of those are estrogen cause. They just drive up your estrogen and it, your estrogen's way high. And then your progesterone, even if your progesterone's normal, if your estrogen's way up here, it's about the big gap. Right. You want balance. You, it's all, the body is all about balance. Mm -hmm. And so like, you just want a balance. And so that's why, even if I have a woman who has a progesterone of 10 or 12, you're like, well, why aren't you getting pregnant? Or why are you having this horrible PMS? Or why are you having your period every two weeks? It is because of you are, her estrogen is probably way high and it's causing um, the, the same symptoms of estrogen dominance. Well, I want to point this out. I was on the pill put on at 15 because I wouldn't start my period. Like I had not started yet. So they thought that I needed to get on the pill just to start instead of looking for why get this girl on her period. And they Come said on. it would be good to build up my lining. Like it was good for me. And I asked every single time I went to the OB, I was like, are you sure it's okay? Are you sure it's okay? And I, like you, I, when you said 12 years, I was trying to calculate and I, it was um, 12 years for me yeah. um, that I was on. And then I had the complete opposite. Then I wouldn't have a period, did not have a period at all, at all, at all. And um, so we did have trouble, but you know what I did? I ended up going to get acupuncture and I did herbs and, and that was because Amy had done it too. And we went to a different, we went to different acupuncturists. Okay. So this is like, it doesn't matter the person or whatever. I started having periods regular, like clockwork, 28 to 30 day cycles. You can't make that up. Like I know there's placebo effect. I know that there's it, but what they did is they gave me herbs. We called it fertilizer because it looked like dirt. And I had to take it every, like three times a day, but it was at, at certain parts of the cycle. They actually paid attention to, hey, in this part of your cycle, you take this to build this. On this part of your cycle, you take this to build this. You know, it, it was all about balance. Yeah. And so we can learn a lot from that. But that was honestly like a huge aha moment to me that I was like, oh my God. I mean, I was absolutely open to it because I didn't want to do like Clomid and all this stuff. I did do, Pre what is it? Oh, oh my God, Provera. I did Provera one time and I got in my period and then I never got it again. And then I was like, I'm going the natural route. And that's when all that happened. And then I ended up getting pregnant several months later. So, I mean, and that's what I did with all three kids. 
because I wouldn't get pregnant on my own. But I did end up getting, when you said the post-pill PCOS, I'm pretty sure that's what I had. Of course, nobody diagnosed me with anything. <laughs> and, and even if they do, what they would do for that post-pill PCOS is just give you metformin. Metformin increases lactic acid and causes massive B vitamin depletion. Like there's a lot of issues with that, but they'll give you metformin just to cause you to um, ovulate um, or they'll, or it, that's what they get for PCOS and it's, or they'll give clomid. And it's like, why don't we at least try a couple other things, but they don't right. even know those things to try. Those are not taught. Mm. Um, and just like a vaccines, I learned these are the vaccines you give. And this is, this is the schedule. That is it. But mm -hmm. with hormones, you like, this is, these are your options. Here's your birth control. Here are, here is your surgery, your surgical options. You are not, you are, you are maybe complimentary or alternative health is like a slide at the bottom of the PowerPoint mm. uh, that is like pretty much dismissed. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I know I was, I've started having like really heavy periods. And the first thing when I told my, my, um, nurse practitioner was she suggested the, um, what's that procedure where they carterize? What's it called? Oh, ablation. Ablation. Yeah. That was like yeah. the that very was... first suggestion. I'm like, right. yeah. I feel yeah. like go a different route. Like <laughs> it's like, yeah, really? I mean, it works, but I mean, like, is it good? Like, is right. it, I, I don't, I do not like intervention in the body. Now there are some times where intervention is necessary. I'm not saying to never do that, but like, my goodness, we are just really going in and just, we, we intervene a lot. I once had a patient who had a, a family friend that was a, an older Chinese uh, person. And they said, you Americans, you, you use the knife too much. We, we, <laughs> we, we, we like operate on everything. Um, right. So it's like, why, what are the other options? Why is it out? Put it out. <laughs> Instead of saying like, let's just get it out and get rid of it. Why is this happening? Why is the body creating this cyst? There is a reason that the body is doing this. The body is always for us. It, it is for you. It's for, it's trying to pr protect you. It walls off pathogens like Lyme disease. And that's why you find, you don't find blood work. If I test a, a kid for Lyme, it may not be positive because the body was walling it off to protect itself. Mm. Okay. Lauren, just curious. Like, what do you think, what is up with this, with the rise in Lyme disease? What do you uh, think the fact <laughs> contributing to that? So we are all exposed to Lyme. I mean, there is, I mean, there is just no way we're not, I mean, we are all exposed to Lyme. It is the rising toxicity levels that we are not able to fight it off. Um, and so, 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 so it's like mm -hmm. an immune, it's an immune challenge. In other words, the immune system's not strong enough to fight it off. That's what you're saying. Right. Lyme is not technically root cause because your body, it, the goal isn't necessarily to like completely get rid of antibodies because you're, you're, you're still going to have them. It's, it's more of your body should be able to, it should be able to go into remission and you not have any symptoms of it and it not be um, an issue for you at all. And that is the case that's not happening with so many people. And I believe that is rising toxicity levels, the products we are, that we put on our bodies, the uh, water we drink, the foods we eat, that's big um, pesticide use fluoride. These are all things that factors again, that's really overwhelming. So don't like, you just kind of have to say, okay, we start with one thing and then we go from there, but the, the overall toxicity is increasing. And then, um, we look at genetics and say, okay, well that makes you more likely the, the genetics it's, it's not like genetics doesn't cause disease. There's like five to 10% mm -hmm. of chronic illness that is caused by genetics. It's mostly, um, you know, the environmental changes, the epigenetics, the, the way our genes are expressed that really causes the illness. Mm. What do you think? Okay. 
top tips. To, yeah. Like your top our, tips, like even like your toxins or yeah. Or like top tips and like, what are the biggest toxins that, you know, we've, we haven't even talked on that. We really want to dive into it and we don't have to dive into it, but just even to touch on, you know, we want to talk about fluoride. We want to talk about glyphosate. We want to yeah. talk about, you know, all of these things with everybody, but yeah. what are your top things like that you would say yeah. to try and eliminate or try to look for, or yeah. Or right. Because they say like, have you seen that quote? It's like five um, genetics load the gun yeah. and lifestyle pulls the trigger. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. It's and your family history tells me what, what bullets are in there. So to, pr- so we have, we have the bullets and we have the gun now help us avoid the trigger going off. Like what are the things that we could do? Stress is a toxin. So let's start there. Um, it's all, it's the way I know, right. I know that's a hard one. It's hard, but I will say if there's one thing I can change, it's, it's the way you are viewing it all. It's, 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 it's your reaction to everything. If we can work on your nervous system, which Mm -hmm. goes back to minerals, I talk a lot about minerals. So like magnesium and the crucial minerals that are depleted in our soil that used to be there, but they're not there because of the pesticides and the farming practices, (laughs) some of the farming practices. So the minerals and then stress depletes more minerals. So minerals, um, breathing, slowing down, going outside in the morning and seeing that sun. Like there are things that, I mean, that are, that are created that were, that were are good for us and that heal us if we just take the time to notice them. And so stress is a big factor. Um, you know, and I think it, it's never just one thing with that. There are some really good adaptogens that can be helpful for that. Um, but I'm not going to say like, there's any one supplement that's going to fix it. Um, cause none of it is going to be fixed if we don't change our outlook and our, our thought process. If yeah. all, if hearing all of these, sorry, what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, there was a couple of things you said that I wanted to ask. So like when you say go outside and see the sun, that's without sunglasses, right? I've heard a lot about that. Um, you need to, your right. eyes need to, that's one thing I've learned is that yeah, your eyes just need to see this. The, you need to see the sun. I mean, we're not talking about burn your retinas and stare at it, but <laughs> yeah. you're always trying to protect, you know? <laughs> Right. And if you're sensitive to the sun, your adrenals might be a little stressed. Um, and so that might be something that, um, you just start slow. Um, and so, and that's the same thing with sunscreen. I don't wear sunscreen a lot of times. Um, I, I, I don't say I never, I don't say I never put it on my kids, but I don't a lot. I think we've been learning too. <laughs> the, the chemicals in sunscreen are enough to lower men's testosterone by like, it's crazy. It's, it's just absolutely mind boggling what we have done to our products that have caused and it's just it's that, that's a whole nother rabbit hole um right. but all that to say is i try to minimize the things that we use the things that we put on our body are they necessary but we want to be able to absorb the sun and so we go out in the morning you try to just tr- go out when it's a little bit dimmer and it's not going to be as as bright for you if you are sensitive um five to ten minutes 15 minutes whatever mm. you can do i really don't care as long as you are actually like going out there and just sitting there and being for a few minutes that can do wonders for you um but the sunlight going into your eyes helps with melatonin production, helps with cortisol. Um, and that way you'll sleep better that night. Um, and overall you're going to feel better if you make this a daily rhythm, it's all about rhythms and slowly just making changes. Um, and, and so that's why if you do get stressed about all these topics about fluoride and glyphosate and all that, just go outside and sit and try to feel at peace. Um, and then, and then go from there say, okay, where do I want to start? And start with one thing. Um, because if we, sorry, what were you saying? I don't know. I'm sorry. There's like so many things I want to say. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I another, another thing when it comes to like stress and adrenals, um, I know you've talked about, have you talked about adrenal cocktail? Mm-hmm. 
like making yourself like a, some kind of a little drink that has the minerals in it to help your body. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, adrenal cocktails are huge. And so stress will really impact the thyroid. How many women do you know have hypothyroidism um, or are really yeah. seeing the effects of it, but they're told by the doctor they don't have it because their labs are normal. Um, and that's a whole other thing of like labs being the lab range we use in conventional yeah. medicine is just not, um, it's just not optimal at all. And it's based off old figures. And so it's not helpful. And they don't even look at the right thyroid numbers to begin with. But if you are feeling constipated, low energy, afternoon energy crash, where you could just crash every single day, brain mm. fog, you can't necessarily finish sentences. Um, if yes. you are dry skin, constipation, <laughs> I think I already said, uh, thin skin, really cold all the time. Those are the things with hypothyroidism. Um, but even if you're just somebody who just like, you feel like you don't handle stress very well. Um, you kind of like flip a switch and you just immediately react. Um, and you're really reactive. Your adrenals might be, you might be a little hurting. Ah, um, and mm -hmm. so, um, I do talk a lot about adrenal cocktails and that's one way that you can replace minerals. So it's really easy. It's like a fourth, a teaspoon of uh, sea salt. Um, I use uh, Redmond real salt or, um, uh, crucial for isolandic salt. Um, just a good salt. You don't want the iodized salt. Don't get the Morton's, um, iodine salt. Um, and then you get a fourth, I do a four teaspoon of cream of tartar, or you could do four ounces of coconut water. Um, mm -hmm. and that is for potassium. So potassium is crucial. Um, you might notice a massive change in your energy level and just cognition with starting this. Now it's not for everybody. I'm not going to say it's for everybody, but I will say like uh, adding a pinch of salt to your water could just do wonders for you. Even if you just start there, mm -hmm. that, that in the minerals and that salt are so good for you. Um, and so that is even for my kids, I had a tiny little pinch, not a big pinch, a tiny little pinch of salt to their water because it really helps with that mineral foundation. We're, we're taught to be scared of salt and sodium. And that's just one more thing we have to, unlearn. that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, yep. Yeah, we have <laughs> to yep. And so it is, is high blood pressure due to the salt content. Maybe if you're eating a ton of processed foods and fast foods, or is it due to the nervous system dysregulation and you're just so reactive, your vagus nerve is, is just going, I mean, you're just, it, it's not, it's, that's that amount of dysregulation can come from that and not from salt, but then we bring right. it on salt. Um, but so salt, potassium, and then whole food, vitamin C. So some people use four ounces of orange juice. Um, and then some people, um, I use like a whole food, vitamin C powder. Um, and that's the three components is whole food, vitamin C, a four teaspoon of cream of tartar or four ounces of coconut water, or, a, and then a four teaspoon of, uh, of real salt. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is, I mean, I will say that was one of those things that I noticed like a light bulb went on, Which uh, how many times vitamin C powder that you use or do you have? Um, I do it twice a day. Typically, sometimes I'll even do it a third time at night before bed. It just depends on how depleted I feel. If I have done, um, if I have sauna, if I have done, if I have worked out, um, another thing you can talk about is coffee enemas. If you do something like that, we, that want, to try that. we want to try that. <laughs> oh my God. I've been wanting okay. to do that for so long. I'm so scared. <laughs> It's intense. I mean, it's definitely not for the fate of heart, um, but it is helpful. Um, if you have, I, I do say well, that with a caveat of don't try that. If like you have gallstones or um, gallbladder issues, you want to make sure that you don't want to move things um, because you could block a stone and block your common bile duct. And that would be a medical emergency. So we don't want to do that. Um, it's sometimes it's okay, depending on the size. But for the most part, I tell people to start with like distilled water or like chamomile tea um, in their enema. And then you go to um, coffee if you desire. It is helpful for glutathione production. It's not necessarily like an enema to make you go to the bathroom. It's for glutathione production, which is a master antioxidant in the body. 
Um, and so that's good liver support. Um, and that's another factor in the hypothyroidism. Can we talk about glutathione has been, has been a buzzword for, for a while now, for those of us paying attention and we've realized the importance of it. And we actually realized that Tylenol depleted glutathione, Mm -hmm. right? And so during COVID, you, you probably heard us all say, don't take Tylenol, don't take Tylenol, don't take Tylenol because it would deplete the glutathione. So can you just share a little more with our audience, just enough to just get them thinking, you know, about what that is and then how they can help protect it or, you know, not Yeah. So, um, glutathione is the body's master antioxidant. It helps to decrease um, oxidative stress and, and really, and that is just a factor in, in all disease. Um, glutathione is really needed for the liver. Um, and the liver is so impacted by the toxins of this world and by stress. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but by the toxins of this world, I'm talking about phthalates and fluoride and parabens and, Um, I mean, just all of the things that are, there's, there's so many chemicals we could go through, but basically it's all impacted. It all impacts the liver and we really need our liver functioning. It's how our body filters these things out. So when Mm -hmm. I have a patient that their liver is starting to get congested, they're getting allergies more, they're getting eczema more They're uh, or they're getting more skin issues. They're getting, they, if they're a woman, they're getting hormone issues for sure. You're going to see more estrogen dominance with liver congestion. And so, um, and you start seeing more and more stress on the liver, you get sick more, um, more swelling. Um, and, and that is when um, you really need to think about how to increase your glutathione. Now, some will say to supplement, I don't immediately go there. I ha- I do use it with like mold toxicity. If I'm, if I'm, if we're really like stressed in the liver by pulling out some mold, we will use, um, glutathione, but, um, another, you know, other things you can do like NAC, NAC, N-acetylcysteine, mm-hmm. it helps to increase your, your glut- glutathione. Or we just like try to avoid things that deplete it. Um, MSM is another thing that helps to support glutathione production. Um, that's pretty widely available. Um, or sulfur-rich vegetables like broccoli and broccoli sprouts. Broccoli sprouts are great. You can put them in a smoothie. You can put them on salad. Um, you can make them yourself. Um, and so those are things that you think about. Um, but yeah, I don't immediately run to a supplement um, for it. I do that's use it. Yeah. Cause I think but some I people do. like grab them and you're like, you know, you have like a gazillion supplements, you know, to have knack at home. Cause that can be used for kids and adults. And I think it is helpful. Um, I don't, don't just go out and use it for your kids. I mean, there are dosages. It does matter. Um, but <laughs> if there are, especially for illness that can be really helpful. Um, but you know, it is one of those things that, um, it, it can be very useful, but it's not something that you should just run out and get. But I mean, if, if there is just one thing I tell you to do for glutathione is stop taking Tylenol. Yes. Like, it really depletes your glutathione. And that, that is just, it's really hard to recover. Now, ibuprofen is not, I mean, it's an okay alternative for like a here and there type of thing if you had to have it. Um, but I, I look at other things for pain control um, and, and things like that. And so um, glutathione, if you have given Tylenol and you're like, oh gosh, what do I do? The main thing I say is just to, why don't you just give some whole food vitamin C? I would give some whole food vitamin C. Um, and that really helps to support the liver. Um, you can, again, you can do knack and different things. Um, but the main thing is just to stop the assault, like to stop the intake of it. Once you stop the intake, the body really does do a great job of fixing it. And I know you have a highlight on, on the Tylenol and like alternatives for, for pain, um, because, and I know that there's, there was a med, there was something that you said that I, I don't think I've heard of before. What's the, what was the alternative for Tylenol? 
So there, I think there's like, there's a, I know we've got like the essential oils and like yeah. the, you know, all the, you can go over all of those, but I just didn't know there was something that what turmeric, arnica. I know uh, those, but there was something else. What's the, uh, another one besides Tylenol or like, is it a different formulation of Tylenol? That's not the, where was that? Oh, Genexa. Are you talking about Genexa? Maybe, maybe that's it. The next step, but the acid, okay. So Tylenol is equal to acetaminophen, which is equal to paracetamol in Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. That they're still the same thing. So Genexa is a clean brand of supplements and, 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 and medications, but it's still acetaminophen and it's still going to be acetaminophen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Is that, that might be what you're talking about. I typically, so for me, I go for turmeric. Um, I go for Arnica, which is a homeopathic remedy. I do some diluted essential oils. Um, it really depends on why you're taking Tylenol. I feel like a lot of parents give Tylenol for fever. Um, and I, my approach to fever is it's not, yeah. it's not a bad thing. Um, no, not every child is the same. So if your child has other medical problems, it might be different. Um, but you know, one thing I would say is like to not be so scared of a, of a low grade fever. I do typically bring it down around one Oh four, um, slowly and with natural substances, um, things like the wet sock method, things like some herbs, maybe some diluted peppermint, uh, yes. or, or even just a warm Epsom salt bath, not a cold, but a warm Epsom salt bath that can be great. Um, and so there's things that I, you know, that can be helpful that really just bring that down slowly and support the body that you don't necessarily need Tylenol for. And you might find they actually get better faster. I know I've always, I always remembered like, and they actually did tell us this in nursing school, treat the child, not the fever. Yes, right? they did say that. Yes. I mean, even, even Wyatt, her son, he's bouncing off the walls with like a 103 temp, not well, all the time, but he could be, but he's like, I think about him. Cause he, he gets, he's my high fever child. Like he'll yeah. get the high fever. Um, but he's not complaining. He is kind of laying there watching TV, but he's not like, Oh, freezing. He's not miserable, but he's yeah. also the one that will clear his illness in 24 hours. Cause I don't yeah. treat fever. Right. And then yeah. he's better. Right. In like a day. Well, and also I just, I actually yeah. like it when they're like, yeah, we snuggle. like them to snuggle if you want to. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's, it's nice when they actually eat their back off the yeah. walls. We're like, oh my God, can you be sick again? Yeah. <laughs> really, I will say, I have one that is like that. And I, when she's a little sick and she slows down a little bit, it's so nice because I get all the snuggles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's amazing. Like, how, like, I have, I'll have parents who will, they will give Tylenol or ibuprofen and they'll rotate it. And the illness will go on for five to seven days. Right. or even longer and it's like if we just let the, the the body do what it needs to do typically it's gonna do what it needs to do pretty quick to do um, yeah, and sometimes you do need to help support it sometimes i mean i do do a lot of immune supportive things um right. but like i don't like you don't necessarily fear it um and you know i i, I do i like i like you said that if your child's running around at 103 and like running around the house i'm not really gonna worry about that as long as they're staying hydrated yeah. um, hydration is the main thing with fever main thing yeah um, one thing too, um, I wanted to touch on was allergies and I know you have like a, a, a link and a blog to talk about allergy support. Cause I, and we talked about this, of course, we want to kick ourselves with, we feel like it's Russian roulette with our vaccine, with the vaccines, with our kids, you know, I did do the delayed, but we, we've noticed that our most vaccinated kids have really like been the sickest or have, and they're not sick, but you know, my two older ones have like the allergies, you know, and it's just like, it's not enough to like really do too much, but it's like almost every day something. And of course I'm trying all the now, what are your best 
you know, options for that because, you know, one of the, my do- one of the doctors was going to prescribe singular. And then mm-hmm. I go and I'm like, there's a black box warning on this. And I don't want to mm-hmm. put my child on singular at like five years old. I don't want to start that whole process right now. I don't want medicine. And I don't want our kids to be like stuck on a medicine right now forever, you know, yeah. or even at all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one thing with allergies is the home environment. So the indoor air is actually much worse than outdoor air. Um, oh. Like I will say, if you can, like the weather's getting nice out, open the windows. If you can't afford an air purifier, open your windows. Right. Um, it can do amazing for your indoor air environment because there's off-gassing of furniture and all this stuff, chemicals and all that stuff that we, uh, it gets right. overwhelming. That but, makes us crazy if we think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you try not to think about it, um, but also don't open up the window. It's helpful. Um, and so open up the window or get an air purifier. I do find it to be really helpful, especially if you have carpet, um, it can be a big factor with, um, with allergies. Um, but honestly, so when we look at allergies, um, X Lear kids nasal spray, um, right. that can be, and, and I would get the kids cause the, the adult one would burn. Um, but the, the kids version it's distilled water, uh, uh, xylitol, which is a sweetener made from pine birch trees and grapefruit seed extract. And it actually had a treatment for COVID um, and it was trying to petition the FDA that they didn't listen um, I, from what I understand of it. And they, um, and, and so it, it, but it is helpful. Because it worked and it was cheap. Yeah. Right, right. It's a it's simple solution. <laughs> Same thing with the iodine nasal rinses and all that. Um, but um, so XR Kids Nasal Spray, homeopathics. So homeopathics are really helpful. Um, things like histaminum or um, uh, euphrasia. Homeopathics are energetic medicine. Um, and basically you have to match the symptom and the emotion with the child. So it's not like, hey, I have allergies. This homeopathic is going to work for you. But um, but if you match it, so there's usually like a blog um, that, or like a, a homeopathic website that you can say, like, it'll tell you exactly what symptom okay. with what an uh, emotion with what for what homeopathic. And sometimes you do need to try a couple. Um, I really like earthly sinus saver. Um, that is a, it's a blend of herbs. Um, nettles is really helpful, uh, for, um, for allergies. And so you could make a loose leaf nettles tea or nettles uh, infusion. Um, you could, uh, put that in their smoothie as the base water for their smoothie. Um, like the, the infusion, I mean, um, and then, um, there's something called Dehis Jr. It's from orthomolecular, um, and it is nettles, NAC, bromelain, which is pie. It's like, it's the, uh, enzyme from, uh, pineapple that is really helpful for thinning mucus. Um, it's, it's let's see, it's brought, it's NAC bromelain. I'm probably missing one. Nettles. There's one more thing I think in there. Um, but either way it is helpful. It's a chewable. It's a helpful thing for allergies. And so oh, that, so DS junior X layer kids, um, uh, air purifier, Sometimes our oh, homeopathics can be very helpful. Sometimes some liver support um, wouldn't be a bad thing. Cause if I know that they're having all these allergies, I know that their liver is probably a little bit congested. And I will say that has totally reversed mine. Um, I was on three allergy meds. They told me I needed allergy shots and I don't really have a lot of allergy issues anymore. That's what liver so support like for kids? Is there like a, or are you just... And I know that, uh, look, so, disclaimer, it's not medical advice for yeah, everyone. Not medical advice. We are, <laughs> we are listening to what she does. And these are suggestions that you still, we always encourage you to still just think and still do your own research. And, you know, it's an individualized approach, but 
If and this is not a cure or a treatment for any disease. Right, um, right. <laughs> so liver support, my first thing for kids, I, well, so make sure they're pooping. Um, that is the biggest thing. Um, uh, what'd you say? No problem there. No problem there in this house. <laughs> if it's too often, that kind of makes me kind of go another route. But castor oil packs can be a great liver support. They have a kid's one from Queen of Thrones that I love. Um, mm -hmm. With castor oil packs, and that's good for adults too. But with castor oil packs, I start really slow because if you move too much too fast, you could feel really crummy. Um, now my daughter will come home from school. I'm having on for two hours. Um, and I mean, but like when she's, if she gets angry and then I can notice her mood changing, I'm like, okay, we're going to get a castor oil pack out because anger is stored in the liver. Um, and, and if their mood swings are happening, then that is a good sign that your liver might need some support. It's really good calming. Um, but the, so when I think about allergies, I think root cause, and I think of what are we exposed to with our air, with our food? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think of, you know, working on the liver, cause that can definitely be increasing allergies can be liver congestion. One thing with food and allergies, dairy, conventional dairy can cause a lot of allergies yeah. uh, and it can just cause a lot of mucus. It thickens um, mucus too, right. So I always, I always like tell them, let's not have any dairy when they're, we do try to eliminate that. We don't really yeah. have a whole lot of dairy anyway. Yeah. Yeah. When they're sick, I do try to lower it because it's just going to create more mucus. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if there's a way to do that, sometimes I'll like make a smoothie with like coconut milk. Um, I use organic canned mm -hmm. coconut milk, um, you full fat, um, because you don't, and you want it to be organic because there's BPA in the can lining if you don't use organic. Um, but I know, right. I know there's, and then it's like the almond milks. It's like almonds are soaked down with glyphosate. Then you're drinking the almond milk. It's like, Ugh, I don't know. I know. And and organic, I don't, are the organic ones? We know raw, glyphosate like too. raw dairy is where it's at, right? Like the, yeah. like, I mean, it's better. I and now they're attacking raw, far, raw dairy farmers. And I'm yeah. like, Ugh. Oh, the FDA really doesn't like raw dairy farmers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're against everything uh, that's good for us, apparently. So. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, I, I have found that that everything that is good, they like knack. They almost took knack off the market. So basically, um, if they are saying it's not good for you, it probably is. <laughs> and somebody is labeled as misinformation or they're censored or shadow banned, they're probably telling the truth. Well, <laughs> let's just, let's let our audience know because I don't think we actually have even talked about this since. But remember when we talked about the uh, oh, the horse dewormer? Remember and, mm. and the, yeah, the ivermectin mm. that we all use. In case we have not mentioned this, it has now been. It's even I think on the CDC website now it's on the NIH as, website. And there was a new study out recently that showed it's effective. Oh, and now. there were studies out even when they were demonizing it, showing yeah. its efficacy and safety. Um, yeah. So again, like Kristen said. If they're really going after something, <laughs> you should ask yourself why. Ask Thank yourself why. Yeah. Probably what you need. That's oh right. And and I love that you're just saying, okay, so, it, you know, if people are listening, like we mentioned a couple of things, dairy can be inflammatory. It helps them produce more mucus. They're having stuff. You may not want that. I want to, and I want to also point something else out to you, just, um, well, not to you because you know it, but to the audience, um, we talk about allergies. We've seen the rise in allergies over decades. We've seen a lot of different things change. The autoimmune diagnoses in America is just out of control. In fact, I read this morning, it's rising three to 9% per year. And it has gone from, I want to say it was, was it like in the teens percent back in the eighties to now 49% of Americans will be diagnosed with at least one 
autoimmune condition. Um, and that is alarming. And, and, and the experts say this cannot be genetic. It cannot be something that we are developing because it's happening so rapidly. It must be environmental. The, the, the question is, is they know it's environmental. They're yet to actually come out and say some of what it is. And certainly we know food, but I, I think if you also go back and look at the vaccine program in children, um, that, that and the flu shots, all the, the vaccination programs, I think are suspect because there seems to certainly be a strong trend between 1986 when they said you can no longer sue a vaccine company for injury to the amount of vaccines that are now on the schedule went from about 10 to 72, I wanna say it is, shots. Not you know, These are including the boosters. So yeah. with that said, uh, we also wanna point out the US life expectancy. In fact, the New York Times, one of the papers that's guilty of probably reducing life expectancy at this point with the way <laughs> the vaccine, um, COVID vaccine, <laughs> But it said U.S. life expectancy falls again in historic setback. This is from August 31st, 2022. Um, from the, the, the study showed that the U.S. life expectancy decreased from 78.86 years in 2019 to 76.99 years, two-year drop in just one year to 2020, and 76 years in 2021, continuing to decline. So we've talked about some of the things that we think are contributing to the decline in our health. But let's say if you could give three top tips to, to anyone listening, and I know mm. you have a thousand, Lauren. Okay, so like <laughs> the three top things to consider when you're looking at quality and length of life, what would you tell people to think about or look at or alter? So I would say first, your mind. Um, so ask why. Um, I would say to slow, like that would be like part of it, like to slow down, to be outside um, and just your mind, fix your mind mm -hmm. first. Mindset. Yeah. Um, and that, that really, I know it's a lot, it's probably more in just than just one, um, but the mind and then um, try to look at the quality of your food. Um, the, and I, what I mean by that is just eat whole foods, eat foods right. the way they're made. Um, I don't mean anything stressful. Like I don't want you spending hours in the kitchen. I try not to, too, because it's so, it, it, it is a lot to cook. Um, whole mm -hmm. food, the whole you know, all the time. Try to find things that are quick. Um, it doesn't have to be um, just be. It just it doesn't have to be hard. It just has to be like whole foods. Um, you know, the quality of meat does matter, but at the same time, like do what you can. I still think that meat, no matter what is going meat and vegetables and fruit and things, the way they were made are helpful for you. Yes. Um, yes. and then I, you know, my third thing, I kind of go back and forth. Um, I, I would say clean water would be, um, the biggest, you know, and that could be easy as like a filtered water bottle. It could be as easy as a pitcher system, not the Brita. I'm sorry. Um, not the Brita that doesn't really do that much. Um, but you really want to look at filtered water. If you could fix water source that could make a huge difference in health. Mm -hmm. Um, and so mind, um, try to work, look at your food and, um, and clean water. Those, I mean, and some of those things are going to be gradual. I did not go all organic foods overnight. It took me a, probably about a year, um, right. to really get there. Um, because it's not cheap. Unfortunately, it is more expensive in a lot of places, um, in most places, but try to find farmers, try to find farmers markets, try to find, um, um, CSAs or buying clubs, things like that, that can really help with the cost of these things. 
um, and try to eat in season. That can be helpful for decreasing cost. Um, there's so many things you can do, but honestly, even if you're looking at processed foods, just start, just start with organic. Or even like the dirty dozen, like when you start yeah. it, oh, yeah. or, or the most, or the ones that you ingest the most. Okay. Yeah. So like, if you like mom, You're mom and stepdad milk. are milk drinkers. And I'm like, like that, you know, they'll drink their milk every single day. They're just, I'm like, can you at least do organic there? Like start yeah. with that. You, you know, know. That's where do, do it that way. You know, I think that's a good way to even start with that. And then, and I, one of my thoughts with food too, is I'm just like, okay, if God made it, um, the, and, and you can pronounce it, yeah. um, if you can spell it, you're usually, you know, that's typically a good sign. Or if you're looking at the ingredients and there's like five or versus there's 40. there's no ingredient list at all. Right, <laughs> right. That's you true. should be able to recognize it. Um, and then even in processed foods, I mean, there has been, I mean, there's BPA in there, there's phthalates in process, some processed foods and some of the red food dyes, artificial dyes, that's a whole nother topic. Like right. if we, it, it just, it just adds, that's a neurotoxin for our, our brains, our children's brains. And so I'm not like saying don't ever, like if you get, if they get a hold of something, like you're going to, need to freak out and like worry. No, you just need to say, okay, what do we do day to day? What are our day-to-day -day rhythms? What do I really try to control in my home? I talk a lot about, I say this phrase a lot, control the controllables. Yes. What is a controllable? What you have in your home is a controllable. The things that you, you meditate on that you think about daily, that's a controllable. You mm -hmm. can control that. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's about pausing and slowing down. Um, the things that you consume, the TV that you watch, the news that you watch, the you know, it's all controllable. And those things really do factor into your overall health. If you watching the news every day is stressing you out, that's impacting your health more, maybe even more than some of the foods that you're eating. Right. Um, because stress is just a big factor. And after this past two years, COVID has really caused a lot of stress. And that is a part of the why that life expectancy has gone down. Uh, I also know that COVID is a great unmasker. It brings pathogens up to the surface, things that were underneath the surface, the body was trying to take care of by itself and wall off. Um, it is now bringing to the surface. And so we are seeing more um, issues because of it, um, more autoimmune disease coming up. And it's why is that happening? It's because there's just toxicity, it's environmental exposures. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a triggering event that usually happens a lot of stress. And like I said, never just one thing, but if you look at it, like, okay, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to try to control the controllables and I'm going to try to take, you know, focus on my deep breathing, focus on how I'm responding to my kids that can make such a difference in your health. Mm. Right. And Absolutely. you know, I, I know it just hit me uh, to ask this. We have a lot of parents listening who I know are struggling with their, with, well, first of all, the last two years, anxiety has gone through the roof. Suicide rates have increased. We know mm -hmm. it's like you said, it's been good for nobody, but in children, especially in this last decade, even maybe the last two decades, we've seen quite an increase in anxiety and mm -hmm. children's mental health being perhaps the worst it's ever been. Um, in, in our country and a lot of parents baffled, struggling to know how to address it, what to do, modern medicine perhaps not being the fix. And we've seen the rapid increase in um, mental uh, pharmaceuticals, things that, you know, for anxiety, depression, those kinds of things. And those are not without um, side effects as well. In fact, mm -hmm. some of them even cause suicidal thoughts or, or cause an increase in those things. So to all the parents listening who are dealing with children with anxiety or perhaps even things like ADHD or behavioral issues that nothing is seeming to help. Nurse Michelle shared an example of having a child who of all, she had like six, what does she have six children, you guys? I think, and just one of them 
like behaviorally was just off the charts. And they ended up finding it was an environmental cause and, and they were able to start addressing it. But what do you say to people? Because you've worked in pediatrics and, and you, uh, you know, you got this experience. What do you tell parents? I know you can't give treatment or anything like that, but yeah. what are some things to consider as they're trying to help their child? So, um, so a few things. It's never just one thing. Like I, like I've said, um, you know, I do think if we're looking at a teenager that's on social media all the time, sure. That could be a big factor. Um, I don't think, I don't think 13 year olds should have TikTok and Instagram and all that. Um, but so if we're not, if we're not taking that into consideration, food can cause a lot of brain fog and issues. I have seen people with anxiety that can go off of gluten and dairy and it can be, be wonders mineral deficiency and B vitamin deficiencies, um, B vitamins, your body, your brain needs for function. Um, and so a lot of my kids, like we'll test their blood and they'll be low. And it's like, and, and so it could be the gut is not absorbing it from the food. Uh, and it could be that it's not taking it in. Um, so sometimes we do some supplementation with that if we're trying to work on root cause, but so it could be as simple as, you know, like a B6 or a whole food. I usually start with like beef liver, which is a whole food form of B vitamins. Um, and then um, magnesium, um, anxiety and, and ADHD can be really, really helped by magnesium and then kids too. Um, and so that is something that uh, I just can't say enough tapping. And so tapping is a form of, it's called the emotional freedom technique. It's a form of acupressure. And it's, it's like this. And I have my kids, we do it on the way to school. Um, and I, we say, I am safe. I am loved. I am loved. I am kind or whatever, whatever it is. You, you say these affirmations, you go through these sequences and it will, it can bring people out of panic attacks. Um, and so I say, start with tapping something that's pretty simple. Um, deep breathing, actually breathing the body the, the body is, is when it feels threatened, it will not breathe. You won't breathe as deep. Um, and so if you actually really focus and take those deep breaths, it can make a world of difference in how you feel. Um, and so that could be a big thing. Um, get them outside, get them outside, get them outside in that sunshine. Um, vitamin D, have to. Hmm? I said, lock them out if you have to. There you go. I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't it. um, like, I mean like outside and they, I, 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 Stay out. I don't they come are, back in. <laughs> yep. If they are going at each other, I am outside. You, you exactly. Outside. exactly. Um, and it's, it's so good for them. Um, and so we need to be spending more time outside, less time indoors in general, um, and away from screens, away from artificial light, artificial light will stimulate that cortisol and will cause you to just feel so stressed. Mm. And that's why if my daughter is doing her homework and I'm like, like she's just not doing it, focusing and we're inside. You could take her outside, but you could also like turn off the lights, try to use the natural light. Or if you have like a red light bulb or something, do you want mm -hmm. some red light? Like, like lower the, lower the light. Cause the artificial light is just so hard on them. And Ooh. then over and over and over again, um, just little things. If you do things like that, it can make a huge difference. Eye contact, making like talking to them about their day, ask like emotional identification. Hey, what's something that made you sad today? What's something mm -hmm. that made you happy today? Um, what's something that made you mad today? Um, I ask those questions. My daughter almost gets frustrated with me and she's in first grade. Like I, I, but I'm like you, like, we need to talk about these things. I want to know about these things. And you need to be able to identify the emotion that you had and say what it is, because that, that like, if you name something, it gives it less power. It has less power over you. If I can name it and, and label it, then it, it has less power over you versus, I don't know how I feel. I don't know what I feel. And I'm just so frustrated. And, you know, like it, it, you don't, it has more power over you when you don't, when it is not nameable and it's just this big entity. 
That's it's great. So true. I have my son, my youngest son would have a uh, anxiety triggered by going to school because he's a boy. And it was like, I'm going to school and I'd rather be home and doing all the fun things. I got one of You know what I mean? And, and it was, and he's my verbal child, which is also a challenge. Uh, you know, because when you have a verbal child, they'll argue with you. Uh, but he knew how to articulate at a young age. I remember him being in like first grade and it was where we would turn the corner on the drive to school and he would say, Mama, I have anxiety. Now, all he knew to say was, Mama, I have anxiety because he felt it rise up and he knew how to name it. And then it allowed me to say, OK, what thoughts are going through your mind? And we would just talk about the thoughts that were in his head. And I would say, do you think you have anxiety because this used to make you nervous, right? That going to school made you nervous because you were going to be away from me. You didn't know where mom and dad were exactly. And, you know, just separation anxiety. When we right. started naming it and we started saying, this is why you feel that way. But remember, you tell yourself, I am strong. I am mm -hmm. safe. I'm protected. You know, when you do those things, guess what? The mind flips. And yeah. guys, we could help him change his mind in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Simply yeah. by what is true. What's the lie? Right. Yeah. I'm not protected. And yes. What's the truth? The truth is yeah. I'm safe and protected. My parents know where I am. My parents are going to be safe. Like it was literally walking through and leading. The truth will set you free. Right. That's yes. What Yes. Yeah. Like what is, where is the truth in it? Always look for the truth in it. One more thing. If your child's having like a, like a kind of like a panic attack, five, four, three, two, one. Um, it's a grounding technique. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say it wrong, but like five things you can see, four things you can touch. I always, there's like a graphic that you can look at, but I will do it slowly. Like, Hey, what's that color on that, on the roof over there? What's the color of that, of that sign? Um, name two things you can touch right now. Name one thing you can smell right now, go back to their senses and you, and they will start thinking about their surroundings. It's grounding and it helps to bring them out of whatever wherever they're at yeah okay you one thing and I know we've like because uh, we could like talk to you for days but we can't go <laughs> yet um but um the red light I, I have been we've been, it's been on our list it's been on the list for years um but we both say we shut down like you know there's just so much out there and yeah. and like and then you're like okay well how, how, how strong do you need it? Or how little do you need it? And they're really expensive. And then like, if you get a cheaper one, is it like crap or that, is it that <laughs> podcast, even just red light bulbs in your bedroom? Yeah. So, and that's not that I'm, I actually need to share about, just like about something. not at a place where you can get a red light, get a red light bulb, get a red, oh. red light. Now it's not as like removable. So like, you might look like you have a disco going on in your home or, you know, something like, <laughs> so, like you know, it looks a little funky. If you turn the put light the on, light on. Lamp. we'll put the leg, leg lamp in our, um, <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. So like, okay. it does, it's not removable, but you know, that is something that is, um, that is, that is, um, helpful. I, I think any way to get rid of just the artificial light, um, mm -hmm. and that, that means the screens. And so like, if you like, like blockers, sometimes it's just that sometimes you can just get the, the, the glasses, um, mm -hmm. and, and use that in the evening. If you're not at a place to be able to buy a red light, um, do that. Mm -hmm. Now there are different frequencies. And so there's like red light therapy and then there's near infrared light and right. there's different, you're going to find different um, benefits from, from, from the different things. Um, but I will say if you, if it's just trying to get away from artificial light, um, you can either get the light bulb, you can get the glasses, um, or you can get one of those little handheld red lights that really, you can kind of mimic it. And it really helps to, it's better in the evening. Um, if you're watching TV and you don't want to like stop doing that in the evening time, uh, and your kid has a, tr has a hard time falling asleep or you do, 
get some blue light blockers. They have some that are different colors or different, different times of day. Um, and that could be helpful. Um, and so it doesn't have to be like buying a device. It could just be um, getting a light bulb or, or just getting some glasses or just spending your evening outside. But what red light didn't you red get for one, like right? Health health like you yeah, had, so the like, Loombox. Okay, yeah. what was it? Loombox, L-U-M-E-B-O-X. Dr. Vivian, um, she's an MD. She's awesome. Um, she created it. It's low EMF. It's really great. It's handheld. Um, and that, like, I can use that for joint issues, for skin issues. Um, and that, because it has that near infrared. But it has a button on there where I can just click a red light. Or, it like, it you click it a certain number of times and it goes to red light. Or it goes to near infrared. Or it goes to both. And that is where you really can get those different frequencies. So you can use it for joint issues. Like if you have a a parent that has a really bad knee and their knee is really like really struggling, putting that near there can make a world of difference. Now you have to be consistent with it, but it can really help with pain. Um, And then with skin issues, if you're looking at it like this, um, you have to, with the near infrared, you have to wear glasses um, because you, you don't want to look straight at it. So like, I don't let my child like look straight at it if I have the red light on. But just putting that glow up there, just so it's not the LED or the the harsh light bulbs, artificial light bulbs. Um, but yeah, that one is really helpful. There are others. BioLite is another one that is helpful. I like the handheld one because I like that I can um, take it from room to room with me. Um, and I like that it's low EMF. I like that I can just do red light or I could do near infrared. Right. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of benefits. It's helpful for the immune system. So it's one of those things that I use with illness a lot too is, is, and, and I also have, I've, I've used red light for a while. I have a sauna, an infrared sauna that like has a panel that I take off and okay. plug it to. So that's another way. Some people will, there's all different types what of ways. What kind do you have there? Because we've looked at what it's juvia. What was it? Juve. Or juve. What, what kind? Juve what, is, what, I think what, it's what, red light, isn't it? Isn't mm-hmm. it? Is juve a red light or is that a sauna? It's red light. Oh, I think it's just red light. Yeah. And then it's so the sauna. When you said the panel, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, we but this is what I want people to start thinking like Christmas. When you think about Christmas, uh, if you're asking for presents or if you want to give presents, let's think about like health and wellness gifts. Like yeah. this is yeah. what we're focusing on, you know? It- Make a the huge difference, things like this. <laughs> and I'm sure there'll be sales, but the big panels, I don't tend to like as much because I can't like can't take that from room to room with me. Right. And I have to, like, my kids have to sit it and I'm like, am I going to put that in my living room? Like, I don't, I don't know. Right. But, right. They right. Are, but they are, they are helpful. So I'm not saying that they're not bad. I'm just saying that like the practicality of it, I'm all about practical and like little baby steps and like how to, how to make this more mainstream and accessible for more people. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it's, it's a helpful thing. Okay. Well, you know, one of the things too, Lauren, that I just think is so great, um, because we want to tell people where to follow you, how to listen to your new podcast, and to continue to get this information from you, um, because it's helpful. And, you know, it's interesting to me that the first thing when I said, what are your top tips? You said your mind. I want, I think that's one of the things that Kristen, Amy, and I have all learned is the power of the mind of what you're thinking about, how you see things, how much that really is impacting your health and your life. And, you know, if the placebo effect is a thing with any of the things we mentioned, if the placebo effect is working, it's working because someone believes it's going to help them. And it is the belief in many times the mindset that I'm going to get well, I'm going to be okay. Remember, the science is clear. People who believe, people of faith tend to, if they're believing, they tend to have better outcomes than those who don't. It is so much of it is how we are perceiving our health, our life what we're entertaining. And that's why if you learn nothing else from this podcast, 
start identifying what's going on up here and 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 start getting in the in a healthy headspace and then start incorporating some of the things that Lauren says if they don't work they don't work but they work for a lot of people and i think that that it's you know we used to put labels like quack and quackery and and uh, anything that was not western medicine but eastern medicine has long practiced many of these things it's like the chinese lady who said you guys are cutting yourselves up like all the time, but you know, we, there, there is the integrative medicine is, 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 is on the rise for a reason because people want to be in charge of their health. They want to partner with their doctor for their health, and they don't want to be relying on drugs that come with a myriad of side effects. You know, there's time, there's a time and place for everything, but you got to realize anytime you're invading your body with anything, it's coming with consequence. It might be a good consequence but it could also come with other negative ones as well. And so what we hope our listeners are learning from us is think outside the box. Think yeah. outside the box. If what you've always done doesn't work, the definition of insanity is if you keep doing it and expecting it to change. Mm-hmm. Now the, the first place I go is your page to your highlight. <laughs> yes. I'm like, what is Lauren oh, saying you do for this? Yes. What does she say? I mean, I'm serious. I'm yes. like, because it's great. We want to, you know, and that's one thing that, trips me up I know still even though I'm learning all this it's like when my kid comes home and says oh I'm starting to feel like I'm getting sick I'm like I'm like yes. I have like 3,000 tabs in my brain going and I'm like wait okay okay it's like diffuser nebulator because I want I want to stop it before like all the stuff you know. and yes. so I'm just like focus on the just focus on the basics uh, <laughs> I do talk a lot about like a lot of things you can have and I didn't have all that to start with focus I mean vitamin c could be is a very big help you know like so like you start with where you can be um homeopathics aren't that expensive um they're really like they're like six six or seven dollars maybe for I mean one little thing so like um some of them are a little bit more expensive but for the most part they're not so start with some of those things or um you know being outside that can be really helpful when you're sick too um and things like that getting away from the artificial light so you try to start with one thing and then you go from there um try not to stress about it all because that's not going to help you or or your children when they're sick um but yeah and like the wet sock method that's free like that's I mean, like you have what you have socks. Um, and so right. that's something that, that you could, I mean, there's things that we can do that you don't have to have all the gadgets or all the, the supplements. You can just do some things at home that can be really helpful and supportive. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so your Instagram handle is natural nurse mama and it's yeah. MMA. M-O-M-M-A. Yep. And your new podcast, which y'all have had two and you said you recorded one today. You've got a third one coming out and it's with, is it Dr. Charlie? Is it Faganholz? Faganholz, yeah. And it's and- until awesome. your health cast. And it's, uh-huh. um, it is about so far it's been about vaccines and what to do about like today was more about like what to do about tetanus, what to do about chicken pox. Like what, how, what do I do if, if I don't have a vaccinated child and they have a puncture wound, um, things like that, that can be, um, yeah, yeah. Love yeah. it. Red, red pill, your health cast. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure nobody misses this because this really is an amazing resource for all, all of us to think outside the box and to start, you are in charge of your own choices, your own health. Don't let yep. anyone ever tell you differently. If they do, you're with the wrong person. That's what, that's yep. your, that's your sign. Mm-hmm. So yep. work with the people who will partner with you to help you make the best choices for yourself. And let's start to listen, the way that anything gets changed. I had someone ask me this today because they were overwhelmed with the state of the world. And they said, like, she was like, you know, and I know, but how do we change it? I said, we have conversations with people and we stop trying to be silent. 
We ask people if they know certain things and we invite them to, to polite discourse and conversation over it. I said, because if everybody who knew the truth simply stood up and said, we're not doing it anymore, things would change. Yeah. You know, the way that we change the current health system is we stop participating it in the way we always have. We yeah. ask doctors questions and if they have problems with it, we leave their practice. Listen, they can't stay in business. If people, yeah. you know, stop rewarding bad behavior. Right. And I know this is hard. And this is the bad thing. As Americans, we've gotten so spoiled because everything has gotten a little easier to do and to have and to access. But it might require you to do a little more homework. It might require you to make some choices and sacrifices. It might require you to drive a little further to go to a doctor. But 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 what we were saying to you is let's reward the people who are doing the real work for you. And let's mm -hmm. stop rewarding systems and people that don't as, be as best we can. We each got to make our own choices and what that looks like. But if the American people who know the truth would simply speak out, stand up and stop participating in it, the country would change. Yeah. Don't wait for someone else to lead you to the promised land. You yeah. are in charge of your own promised land. And it starts right here in your head. And you thinking know? that you can do it. That's um, it. Right. It is possible. Like it is oh, such a mind game. Yeah, yeah. totally. Absolutely. Totally. Lauren, you're such a pleasure. We are for sure having you back on because I know yes. what's going to happen. We're going to get off this podcast and we're going to think of all the things we wanted your, to pick your yeah. brain about. So, <laughs> so we're going to have a running list with Lauren and inviting you back. And if you don't talk about it on your podcast, we're going to have you on ours to talk about it. Um, okay. Thank you guys. Go follow. Go follow mm -hmm. her and, 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 and check out the resources. We think you're going to love them. Like, like Amy did, which is why she got us hooked. <laughs> We have to talk to her. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm so I'm so glad Absolutely. that it's helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Lauren, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you. We'll see you soon. We're sure.